Welcome to the Knicks, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we're going to do our best to let you know they're coming. This week, we're reviewing big little fires lying everywhere. I mean... Uh, Little Fires Everywhere. It's a new limited series starring Kerry Washington, Joshua Jackson, and Reese Witherspoon as yet another uptight rich woman. Also, pop culture this week, the Apocalypse Edition. So in addition to this being our, I can't call it post-apocalyptic, our first post-apocalyptic, because we're like in it. We're, uh, you know, present apocalyptic, uh, not past or post, present. Uh, this is a very hard time, just to kind of say up front, we are um, sure everybody listening to this is sort of going through this as well. And we wanted to figure out a way to do this and still get this out. You might notice the sound is crazy this week because we are experimenting with um, recording this over Zoom for the very first time. Zoom is something that apparently everybody is using this week for the first time and becoming a master of. So uh, sponsor us, Zoom, if we survive the apocalypse. Um, we may have some bumpy sound as a result of this. Uh, the upside of this is there may be puppies barking in the background at any point. Um, we count that as an upside. That is a plus. You got to get your silver linings where you can. Um, but all of this is to say, you know, we know this is a very crazy time and, you know, we're being flippant and carrying on with what we do because uh, that's just kind of how we're getting through and pop culture, I think, kind of nurtures everybody and our humor nurtures everybody. So we're very obviously sensitive to anybody who's gone through anything right now and feeling alone or feeling like they don't want to listen to our usual stupid banter about silly shows. We understand that and we love you and we hear you and uh, we will do our best to be sensitive through this. And we're all going to get through this together. Um, also, rate and review us on iTunes because you have more time to do things. <laughs> See? We're, we're, we warned you. <laughs> What'd you do in pop culture this week, Fanny? I just finished watching uh, Charlie Says because someone told me that it was good. Um, this is a yet another Charlie Manson movie, but it has Merritt Weaver in it, and it's told from kind of the point of view of a woman trying to help the Manson girls in prison. Like, uh, she's kind of a teacher. That's Merritt Weaver. But then it's all just flashbacks that really enjoy going into the murders that we all know about and the sex and the boobies. And it's also nepotism, the movie, as Kevin Bacon's daughter and um, Casper Van Dien. Now, there's a name you haven't heard in a while. His daughter are both in it. Um, it's not good. Matt Smith plays Charlie Manson. I've never heard Matt Smith say fuck before, and it was uh, disconcerting, uh, among other things. Not good. Don't recommend it. Free on Showtime until April 2nd if you're real bored in the apocalypse. Um, oh, Gilly from Game of Thrones. The actual name is Hannah Murray. She's in it. She's really good. Um, she has a good American accent. You don't hear me say that a lot. So I would say you were spoiling accent cop, except I will never watch this. No, no, you will no, no, very, very stabby stabby, not for Justin. <laughs> I started reading on a recommendation from Friend of the Pod, Layla, a book called a graphic novel called Bloom by Savannah. I'm going to slaughter this last name. Ganacho? 
That is quite a name, and I, that's, yeah. I must would be spell my it guess. For anybody who wants to look it up, it's G-A-N-U-C-H-E-A-U, and Kevin Panetta. Uh, it's a story about a young man who works in his parents' bakery and wants to instead go join a band, and so he has to find a replacement for himself at the bakery. Uh, he finds a handsome young man who's very into baking and at the same time falls in love with him. So what does he do? Where does he go? Parental empathy's way up on this one. I'm really enjoying it. I finished watching all the last five episodes of Power on Stars. It is literally the same episode to told from five different points of view. And it was so frustrating and not good. And I won't spoil who shot Ghost, but now I know and I don't have to watch anymore and I'm not watching any of the spinoffs. Really not great ending to a decent show. I, I, I couldn't believe it when I realized they were doing the same two-day episode from five different points of view just to start uh, ruling out suspects. I did not appreciate that at all. And then because I had to unlock this particular uh, parental achievement. My son, although he knows all of the jokes, had never actually seen Young Frankenstein all the way through. So after we walked down uh, to take the dog around Crockett, where we live, uh, we watched Young Frankenstein today. <laughs> oh my God, so fun. Did he love it? Did it? Yes, there was lots and lots of laughter and it was really fun. Still good on Hulu for anybody who wants to watch it. I feel like all the Mel Brooks movies sound crucial right now. Absolutely. And it is free on Hulu if you have a subscription, if anybody's looking for it, which was, I have the DVD, but it was nice to not have to put up with that. That is my pop culture this week. You have one thing that I know you forgot about. Uh, okay. The, the Hunt. Oh, yes. Also, we saw The Hunt. I did forget about that. You're right. I feel uh, like you saw the last screenings before movie theaters shut Right? Down. I know. I'm kind of proud. I, it was uh, Damon Lindelof produced and wrote this movie. Betty Gilpin and uh, Hilary Swank and a lot of other people are in it for like five seconds before they get blown up. Uh, it's basically, you know, the most dangerous game only liberals hunt deplorables and Betty Gilpin plays the, the final girl. This movie was banned, was, was postponed from theaters because our president said mean things and the studios caved. I wouldn't have, which is the main reason I wanted to see it that, and I just love Betty Gilpin. And she wrote a really neat article uh, in Vanity Fair talking about animal farm and suppression of ideas. And uh, so I was like, screw it, I'm gonna go. I'm really glad I did. This was actually a really smart, very fun movie with a lot of gore. Justin, I'm I'm not <laughs> kidding. I know then sometimes you say, oh, I'm going to watch it. And then you get mad at me because it's super gory. <laughs> no, when it's just people killing each other on an island, I'm pretty much like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not for you, but it's very intelligently written and it had a lot to say about class and the world and i really really liked it i thought it was good so thumbs nice. up to you damon lindelof i enjoyed your film nice. and betty gilpin you're amazing i wish we could be friends she's the main reason i have any interest in it because she's, she's so good so good in this yeah. there's a big fight scene and verbal fight scene between her and hillary swank that living for but you still couldn't watch it because lots of stabby stabby okay 
and friend of the pod, Olive, uh, also said she's a bit fighter. She does a lot of wrestling and, and, and MMA type fighting. And she said that the choreography was very good. And especially since it was between two women with, um, they used a lot of props. And she said that women do that because they get tired more easily. So she thought the choreography was good. Cool. Now you know, people. Excellent. The more you know. What'd you do? Uh, so my pre-apocalypse last movie in a movie theater experience was I saw sort of against my better judgment Onward, um, which is the latest Pixar um, original story, whatever, um, featuring our favorite Chris Pratt, which was the main reason I didn't want to go see it because I didn't want to give him any money. But then I was feeling very fragile post pre-apocalypse and figured I just needed to go see something heartwarming and silly. Um, It also stars Tom Holland. It's also based on a very sweet true story about um, basically this guy's sort of feelings about his dead father and sort of learning about his father. Um, This is a very slight Pixar movie. Um, I believe when I came out, I texted you that was worse than cars. I don't know. Now that I'm now that I'm looking back to the good old times of pre-apocalypse, I have a little more fondness towards it. Um, It is set in a world in which everybody is sort of, um, you know, there's magic, but everybody's jaded about magic and uh, doesn't really care. And there are these two kind of suburban kind of, I don't know, they're goblins or elves or something. Um, these two brothers that have lost their father and it's sort of them about trying to resurrect their father through magic and they go on this crazy adventure. You've probably all seen the preview. Um, it is not good by Pixar terms. It is definitely towards the the very bottom, as I mentioned with Cars. It just, it wasn't very funny. It doesn't move all that well. Um, the stuff with the parental, back to your parental empathy, there's some kid empathy towards parents stuff that I thought was fairly effective. I think the further I get away from it, maybe it's sort of not being able to see my parents right now that's making me think about that. But, um, you know, looking back on good old two weeks ago, which seems like a million years ago, uh, maybe I like it a little better than I thought. Um, I also watched, because my brain is working this way, I'm going to preface this by saying most of my pop culture this week was just about complete childhood, like, escape. Um, I watched Frozen 2 on Disney+. Plus. Um, I had actually canceled my Disney Plus by mistake and then couldn't quite figure out how to get it back because I have a free thing through Verizon for the year and basically was like, ah, who cares? I'm not going to watch anything. (laughs) And then I saw the news that Frozen 2 was going to be on and thought, I'd watch that right now. (laughs) So I figured out how to redo my um, account, got in there. Is it still free? It is still free for the whole year. I figured it all out. I had actually logged in separately. I I think I got charged for a month. Who cares? Whatever. Maybe I paid a month for a year of of Disney+. Plus. It's it's worth it, probably. Um, This movie is i don't know i didn't really love frozen one i don't know why i wanted to watch frozen two that badly um but it was beautifully animated really beautifully animated i'd say like as far as the disney animation kind of goes it was a a peak like it was almost a little more beautiful than some of the pixar stuff they've been doing lately it had a really like storybook quality that i found occasionally really arresting and that was sort of I think what I was drawn to as I was seeing that preview where she was trying to sort of freeze the ocean and jump over the waves that stuff is really really beautiful like almost like Fantasia level kind of beautiful animation uh the story's kind of corny 
but the first one was pretty corny. I started this movie and I was like, oh, right. Fuck that fucking snowman. I hate that goddamn snowman. Olaf, he's like the most annoying Disney sidekick ever. I was like, why am I watching this? This is so stupid. I do not like Olaf. Olaf gets into trouble, you guys. And I started crying. Um, So (laughs) this movie uh, ended up unexpectedly getting me in weird spots. It's not great. I don't know. I feel like my um, critical, all of my critical whatever is a little bit broken right now. Um, I also want to talk about Project Runway because I've been catching up on both uh, old seasons. Um, Well, all right. Let me start by saying I watched the second season of Project Runway of the new edition with Christian Siriano back on Bravo. It's the fake Heidi Klum. I think I complained about the first season of this because it was just like he's no Tim Gum, she's no uh, Heidi Klum. I now having gone back and watched the, the end of the Tim Gunn run, I'm kind of appreciating this new run a little more. The end of the Tim Gunn run, which I hadn't really watched, was so insanely product plastered like i mean they have challenges where they go to universal studios and have to do a fashion design around king kong skull island had challenges where they went to red robin insane like it's robin and you can see tim gunn as he tells them what the challenge is just like dying a little you see the like the light in his eyes just sort of flicker out a little bit um, this new season, they're not really doing a lot of that stuff. And I do think Christian Siriano is kind of easing into his, he's a no Tim Gunn. He's a totally different person, but I sort of enjoy a little bit of his bitchiness. Like I'm starting to like it more. So the new Project Runway season, it just ended. I don't want to give spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched it because it is a perfect thing to binge right now if you just want to tear through stuff. Um, Also, sorry, I got a lot this week. I'll try and get through these fairly quickly. Um, I am reading lots of books, which is great. This is going to be the best, um, you know, mid-present apocalypse thing is that I am reading. I woke up panicked one night in the middle of the night and was having anxiety and thought, oh, I'll start a new horror novel. What's this? If you see her, this is getting great reviews. It's sort of a gothic horror story about a haunted house where people go in and horrible things happen to them. I read this for about an hour and Fanny, not for you, two hangings. I didn't, well, there two, maybe one within the first hour, but like the most scary like depictions of them ever. Um, it is horrifying. I can't read horror apparently in the middle of the apocalypse is what I've learned. So I moved on to different things and I moved on to my bread and butter, which is books about music. music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, read already one uh, music autobiography and have started another. My first one I read was, uh, it's called Grant and I. It's by Robert Forster of the great unsung Australian band, The Go-Betweens. They are so great. If people don't know them, um, they should check them out. Maybe I'll play a Go-Betweens song actually at the end of this because that's actually a much better uh, way to to play that. Um, They're a great band that really was popular, I mean, popular in Australia, but never got hugely popular in the uh, late 80s and early 90s. They had a comeback after breaking up. Um, and then Grant McClellan, 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 who is the other half of the, the songwriting team, 
uh, died of a heart attack, but he'd been dealing with probably alcoholism and some sort of depression over the years. And so the surviving member wrote a book uh, just about his whole experience with the band. It is incredibly moving. Um, why don't we play just a little bit of uh, Bye Bye Pride right now? It's one of my favorite songs of theirs. And let's take a listen to Go Betweens. Just a beautiful, beautiful song. A white moon appears like a hole in the sky. The mangroves go quiet. In La Brisa de la Palma, a teenage Rasputin takes the sting from a gin. When a woman learns to walk, she's not dependent anymore. A line from her letter, May 24. And out on the bay, the current is strong. A boat can go lost. But I didn't know That was Go Betweens, uh, Bye Bye Pride, really just one of my favorite songs there. A terrific band, uh, read that book. Finally, I want to wrap up. Um, See a Little Light is the memoir by Bob Mould of Husker Du, the sort of famed late 80s. Um, come on, you've heard of Husker I've du. heard of them, but you read a biography about Husker Du? Oh my God, Bob Mould is very important. He is... Um, you know, he was the seminal songwriter of that band and queer and came out sort of later in life and very important to sort of punk music and the whole kind of indie rock scene. Really like great original writer. bad name. Yes, my original bad name. It all started there. Um, he's a great writer. He's funny. He's kind of bitter. Um, I, I find it so interesting. He writes a lot about being queer in non-queer spaces how much he was hanging out with kind of outsidery punk rock culture and it was mostly kind of like don't ask don't tell and sort of because everyone was outsiders it was welcoming except there was an element of the hardcore kind of scene and the punk scene that was very homophobic and sort of brushing up against that and being like ah what a, like this isn't what we're doing um so it's a really interesting memoir i'm just it's perfect it's how i go to sleep at night um thank you music books um if you have suggestions please send me more um i'm not on twitter these days i'm avoiding twitter that's one more thing i should say so it's a good chance for you to email us at or on our facebook group at the next podcast or you can email, email us at motionandnicks at gmail.com all right should we do our main topic sure let's do it so uh, Little Fires Everywhere is based on a novel by Celeste Ng. It's set in a super controlled, super wealthy bedroom community in Ohio in the late 90s, 1997, I think. Supposed to be an exploration of class and race and all of that good, scary stuff. And really, it's a soap opera. Uh, on the adult side of things, we got Kerry Washington, Reese Witherspoon, Joshua Jackson, Rosemary DeWitt, and Lou Huang. Uh, outstanding performances on the kids' side by Jane, Jade Pettyjohn, Gavin Lewis, 
Megan Stott and Lexi Underwood. And you're about to hear my cat doing a bunch of stuff. So I'm real sorry. He's a jerk. Uh, <laughs> what'd you think, Justin? We warned them about the pets this week. So um, if only we could see the video, maybe we'll do a little post with the cat in the background. Um, jibs. <laughs> I, I, maybe because I didn't know much about this show going in, except that the fact that it started recently, Weatherspoon and had something about size in the title, like big, little, whatever. I was, just, and the way he, he sort of framed it and what I read about it, I was, my expectations were very, very low. I've not read the book. Um, I'm enjoying this show. I just, I do think it's, you know, and I'm curious if the book has the same sort of um, kind of mystery quality to it. It does. Um, it my does? sister read the book. Okay. I didn't, but, I, but I've got plenty of reaction from her to know that, yes, it is this type of book. Okay, so it starts kind of with an incident right. and then works its way back, same thing. Yes. I find that, I mean, not only because of the Big Little Lies comparisons, it's like a little too on the nose, kind of close to that. Right. I find that like just a little almost like, in this TV format, like it's undermining the strength of the show, which to me is actually a really kind of thoughtful and nuanced. I I know that you've got some different thoughts on this, but I think it it really gets at those differences between kind of wealth and good intentions and microaggressions and sort of how people um, who are you know, don't feel any power, become completely distrustful of everybody and everything and kind of their own suspicions about things end up bearing fruit because they're so used to seeing them that they almost like, man, there's like just a lot of interesting stuff that I feel like I've not seen done as well. And I think some of that must have to do with Kerry Washington's performance because she is, I actually don't know her. I'd never watched Scandal. I was like looking through her. her She's very talented lady. Yeah, I've seen her on Saturday Night Live, and I remember liking her then. Um, she just embodies this reaction to micro, like racial and class microaggressions in a way that I have never seen depicted on TV. And I think that's what's keeping me anchored. I agree with you about the performances and the microaggression, and I do think that the performances are what's keeping it going in that way, because I don't agree with you at all that it's nuanced. I feel like it is so obvious about everything that it's trying to say and I didn't find any of it to be particularly original or it was all very on the nose to me and expected and although the performances are very very good all of them and uh I just didn't find it to be at all anything new not I didn't find it nuanced at all I thought it was uh very expected. Um, not bad, but just not anything particularly new. I guess I just liked that she, um, like Reese Witherspoon's character is, sorry, I just, I don't know if you could hear that. I just took a screenshot. That's what that noise was, everybody, because I wanted to get a picture with you and chips in the background in case we decided to post it. Um, it's a grumpy wish, little gargoyle. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, the Reese Witherspoon character, I, I think it's interesting in that the cracks in these facades between these two characters as they sort of realize good intentions in each other occasionally. I, I just, I think that's kind of interesting. And I think that's where, I mean, the basic framework of the show and some of the kids stuff, I think especially like the kind of successful hyper kind of 
white kids. That that stuff feels a little on the nose. The, the kids that are sort of the outsider kids are much more interesting, obviously. Um, and that part of it feels very formulaic to me in some ways. Like, I feel like these conversations between Reese Witherspoon characters and, and Kerry Washington's character is like the meat of the show for me in a weird way. I only think so because of their performances. Yeah. I don't, I, I think because they are both so good and playing off each other so well that, yes, I agree with you that that is some of the most interesting stuff to watch. Um, look, this is a compulsively watchable show. If, if there were four more episodes, I would be watching them now. They've, they've only dropped three uh, and it's on Hulu. We should have said, I should have said, I'm sorry. Um, I would have watched them. I wish they would have dropped more, especially since, you know, we're in the apocalypse and I've got nothing else to do and power was disappointing, but I didn't, but I think really the strength there is in the performances. I find it much more interesting when it's the story about the kids. Um, I, I found their performances interesting and they are performers that I am not as familiar with as I am True. with Perry Washington and Reese Witherspoon. So I could very much just get lost in them. I think the kid that plays Moody, uh, that's the Gavin. Oh, so uh, good. Uh, he is great. Uh, I do like the uh, Lexi plays uh, Pearl. And I think that they are both great and play well off each other. The girl who plays um, the, the older, richer sister. Now, yes, it's sort of an expected story, what, what she ends up doing, but I do like this, I like what they do with it, where she kind of really doesn't understand what she's done wrong, even when her boyfriend tells her, I'm not going to go into too many spoilers here. Right. Um, but I thought that played well, and I found it interesting to see, she's, her mother sees her as the perfect child, you know, and I thought they did a good job of showing, look, she's more of a monster than the kid that the mom thinks is the monster. Right. And, um, and I, and I, Joshua Jackson has an interesting line where he gets upset with Reese Witherspoon's character and says, are you upset with her because of what she did or because she's not like you? Hmm. And uh, I think that was a very good line and it was very much this type of mother that will tell a child, you know, get a tan on your legs because people are even going to look at that. The where, where, how the neighbors view your children is so much more important than how your children view you and your relationship. I, I find that interesting as well. And that, that it is so obvious that Lexi is an absolute monster but still trying to be you know think she's woke and think she's a good person and has no idea that she's a horrible narcissist that's doing awful things and i thought that was well done and it's so, i like it much better when it's about the children i again reese witherspoon and carrie washington are two very talented people the main adult mystery I saw coming a mile away, even though I didn't know the plot of the book. I will say the main adult mystery is so far. I was like, oh my God, that's what we're doing? Oh no. Um, that I did feels... like the episode where they, where they kind of bookend. some. Okay, so it's an immigrant mom who, and then who ends up losing a baby. We'll just, that's, we'll just say that. Um, but they have a nice bookend of class in in the in a episode called Seventy Cents, and although I could see it coming, I thought it was a nice representation of 
how two people can be treated extremely different differently in the same situation. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm on board with the show. I, I have to say three episodes it. in. <laughs> I like it way better than Big Little Lies. I don't know. It's something about no, I do too. It's resonating me. Um, I don't feel like it's trying, especially the second season of Big Little Lies. I don't feel like it is trying to be a meme factory. I yeah. don't feel like it is doing this fan service of, oh, Reese Witherspoon is going to, Witherspoon is going to throw ice cream at somebody. Or I, I feel like it's much more performance driven than, you know, yeah. Look at how mean we're all being to each other and while we're being nice. Right. So. Yeah. Well, keep watching. Oh, yeah, let's, totally. Let's hope that we can make it through this all together and keep watching it. We um, can do it. We can Tell do us it. what you're watching, you guys. Yeah. Please give us recommendations for, you know, what you're watching to get you through these next, hopefully, just couple of weeks. Um, and where can they I'm do that? checking the, the at the next podcast on Twitter feed, uh, even though Justin's on a hiatus. So if you reach out, out to us there instead of just an email or on Facebook, I will see it and I will respond. Uh, you can find me at Fanny V Darling on Twitter as well. And I'm at Justin Harding on Twitter. And be safe, everybody. And we will do this again within a week because we've learned how to do this. And Yay! Um, we're happy to be able to talk to you guys and. Uh, Let's all have a virtual drink together on the other side of this. We'll do it. All right. Good night. Good night.